You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and this is Local Media This Week, the programme where we have a look at the local print media, the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo, and we give our thoughts on what they're writing about this week. Local Media This Week is uh, sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. Ruth, brilliant photographer based in Fecal, and we thank her very much for her sponsorship. Joining us today around the table, uh, we're a bit short staffed today, I suppose. Uh, John S. Kelly, we have John anyway, you're very welcome. Thank you, Jim. And we have Pat O'Brien. Pat, good to see you. Good afternoon, Jim. Uh, David is missing today, but uh, we have uh, Luke Fleming, and he might hop off the bench if required, and Luke <laughs> is looking after the knobs and buttons on the equipment. So you're welcome, Luke. Thanks, Jim. Now, looking at today, I suppose. The, the first thing, if, if we look at, at page one of the Clare Echo, fabulous photograph there uh, by Joe Buckley, a photograph uh, as part of a soccer match, uh, Pat, in, um, in, in the it's FAI semi-final, uh, Bridge United, Jack Daly, celebrating scoring the winning goal to put Bridge United under 17 into the FAI semi-final. Yeah, it's a lovely, a lovely photograph. Uh, six months bridge. Yeah, they were playing Waterford Bohemians last week, and I think they won for one of the one, the ones well anyway. So I suppose he's, he's celebrating there, and, and it was great to get the photograph. Just, mm. just um, uh, Joe Buckley took got the photograph, and it's nice to see it. And I suppose Jim will just reference another photograph on the back of the sports section there. Where we have the clear, we have the clear fellows over watch the sports there at the back, and yes. the, the young fellow with the bio, and and he looking for his autograph. And uh, I think the number eleven there was um, Robert Ro Mosley, Mosley, and yes. he was he was doing an interview, and the young fellow, the young fellow was waiting for um, his name is um, Sinan O'Grady from Carlow, and he's a Carlow jersey on him, and whose dad comes from Kilmehead, and he patiently waits for an autograph from a player player Robert Mosley, as the latter as the latter does an interview following the National Hurling League. Division one year round, two win over Waterford as Watch Park. So it's a, yeah. a, a lovely photo. It's a lovely it, it is indeed. Yeah, to yeah. see the young lad's face. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could, you could imagine it. Couldn't do yeah. very, very well. Do you know, Jim, the, uh, on that front page as well, there's um, a lovely heading. I, I, I wonder where PJ, uh, Parik McMahon, um, the editor in chief, uh, <laughs> does he spend a long time finding the right heading? Um, PJ's putting politics to bed. Well, I think John Park uh, has explained before he's not the man that writes the, the headings, but that the man that does is the editor, Stuart Holly, who is an acknowledged past master. Well, he certainly is. But, but now, when, so you, put, when you put Luke, when you put politics to bed, uh, what exactly are you saying? Well, I think now, in fairness to PJ Kelly, he's been 50 years out of bed, so he's entitled, <laughs> <laughs> he's been entitled to go for a snooze. A good rest. My seven dream was in, in Glow on, on last Friday yeah. at the, the Wind Energy uh, Conference, and I was talking to Risha McInerney, who Risha has come in. Um, to replace him. To, no, well, not to replace oh. him, PJ, she's replacing. Oh, sorry. Is it, is it uh, George Chambers? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, Risha. So I, I congratulated her on him and I said the way it's best to look and and I said I see the way PJ is leaving you as well. Well, well we don't know about PJ. She says PJ has left a lot of times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. she yeah. said we won't we won't write him off yet. 
Yes. But but the, the headings are good though on, on this week's uh, media. They are. They well, are. So we'd I'm encourage you to, to have to, a look. To have a look. And there's a great article on, on page 12, we'll say that Porik has in the echo there as well. And uh, as well. Slow learner Kelly mastered the art of a takedown in one sentence. And that's Both, not me now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Both well, wor- wor- well worth a read. Yeah. Yes. Wind farm plants tearing families apart in East Clare. And this came out at the uh, the council meeting uh, yeah. last Monday, when they were you know, elected members were unanimous in their opposition uh, to the Oldfield wind farm. Yeah. So there seemed to be a lot of uh, plans of wind farms. Yeah. Someone else said it was from is it from Milik to Budaik to Budaik, yeah. a, a line of wind farms. Do you, and do you use the next version, necklace. Yes, necklace. Again, yeah. in I the Care Champion, yeah, a yeah. necklace of wind farms. I think, I think Ellen O'Callaghan had that, yeah. had that uh, course from there on the front of the Care Champion. Yeah. But there's a, there's a serious intimation in that heading, wind farm plants tearing families apart. I mean, we've been covering the wind, fr- wind farm uh, story for nearly a year now at this stage. It's a lot, okay. lot longer than a, a year. Longer job. than that, Luke, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but it seems to be. Anyway, um, um, tearing families apart. This is a serious question mm-hmm. and serious responsibility, therefore, on people who are in the decision making situation to, to realise and acknowledge that families are split, it's like a civil war. Yeah, but John, the big issue with it is, and uh, uh, there's a part of me thinks that this is sort of um, becoming a little bit like the data centre in Ennis. It was a great plan when we thought about it, and then we thought about it a bit more, and maybe it's not so great, or the data centre. The problem is that these decisions are not being made at local level. There's government guidelines that are out of date by about 14 or 20 years. The guidelines? And it appears to me, from what I have been told by a few uh, councillors, that the legislation is out of date and that basically uh, these bigger companies are taking advantage of the conditions that exist in Ireland, and especially, uh, obviously, there's a good gust of wind that's available down the Octi Mountains, uh, that they're going to take advantage of it and uh, try and get as many wind farms in as possible. Now, is it we all understand and acknowledge that we'll say climate change, despite Donald Trump, it does appear to be real and that we need to do our bit, but we have said here on many an occasion that the push to offshore wind is huge. And what have our people done about that? What, what, what happened? Well, very little. Now, we said Jim and Pat were in at a conference last week. Uh, we'll probably be referencing it earlier in a few comments that were made in relation to it. But it's a little bit like, again, I go back to the lack of forward planning in this country is disgraceful. The lack of... Uh, forward planning. Yeah. You know, we said regulations need to change. They're on about the height of these, of these wind farms, you know, of a, a turbine can now be 180 metres. When, when the original rules and uh, regulations were drawn up, they were maybe half that height, yeah. you know, so there's, there's been no sort of updating of, of, of it. Well, the, sorry, it, Pat. It appears now, no, no, the, new, the, new, the new, new turbines now, the, when, they're, when they're 185 to 190 metres, they don't, have, they don't need as many of them. 
because the, the new, the bigger, well, the bigger they're, ones they're, yeah, they're are bigger, producing they're, more they're, coal. They're bigger capacity. Yeah. So that's yeah. why they don't want to. You, you don't need. You don't need yeah. as many. And the, 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 the easiest way, John, that it was explained to me was that the the turbines. Uh, I'm open to correction. The turbines that uh, we say were uh, planted in a bog up near Garth that were subject of uh, many an issue yeah, were, line, were capable yeah. of generating one megawatt each. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that the ones that are being proposed currently for East Clare can generate four or five oh, each. Yeah, yeah. 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 And those, those 66, those 66 wind turbines, um, uh, by um, six different companies um, involved um, involved in the East Clare uh, <coughs> East Clare ones, which come, which step gentle below, but I can go all down around by Broadfoot until then and back up along the Twelve Rock Hills and out into Oatfield and down into Bellicare, which is so what, down what, near Mealy. We, we presume that the headings of, on the uh, articles in, in relation to wind farm, we presume that, that they're accurate, that we have in front of us, do you know? Mm. If there are families split... Yeah, well I have that as well, there was a meeting you? in Broadfoot and, and, and there was there was one family and then one quarter of them wanted it well and they them and the other quarter of them, so. Yeah, but of course yeah. these things, I mean, and I don't know any of the individual cases, but, yeah. you know, there's there's something in it for people who give up their land. There is, you and know, for and, communities. And for communities in the wider yeah. area, yeah. you know. The listeners, the listeners would be alert to that, wouldn't they? Oh, I imagine. Oh, yes. This morning. Yeah, yeah. very much Which so. Which basically what they're doing is they're buying off local communities. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's yes. what they're doing. Yes. Whereas I would think that not only should that be a prerequisite for it, but anyone that's living within two to three kilometres of a turbine should get a significant reduction in their energy bills sure, yeah, on yeah. a yearly basis. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Because then you might get a bit more buy-in. Yeah. Mm. So that's a, debate, a point for debate then. The actual minimum distance which a dwelling should be you know from uh, from a turbine, a turbine. Yeah. Well, you, well you see john that that's basically the regulation said 500 meters from yeah. what would have been the old size turbines but now yeah. the turbines are bigger so right. therefore that's you know yeah. so i think that's why it needs to be extended yeah it, it, that's but that would make sense so it probably won't happen well, I, I think until a couple of guidelines has come in, the, uh, on one, the elected members of Clare County Council were unanimous in their opposition to the old field wind farm. An awful impact has already been experienced in East Clare, Councillor Pat Hayes, Fianna Fáil, cautioned. We are putting our, our communities under stress. Families are falling out with each other, and communities are in turmoil. He stressed the need for proper guidelines at national level on wind energy, and said this opportunity has never been given to the councillors. So this Which might be an appropriate time then to in introduce uh, to our listeners where they stand in relation to uh, marine or land. Yeah, and and should we go completely, as is said by Timmy Dooley and others, that go completely for marine location? And that brings us, John, maybe to the Energy Forum that you yes. referred to there, organised by Senator Timmy Dewey, and it's well covered on page four of the Clare Champion. Uh, Dan Danaher has three articles there on page four, and, and there are some photographs as well, looking at the, uh, at the whole thing that Friday that Pat yeah. and myself went to. And, you know, 
listening to them and listening to the and, and Pat, you can comment as, as well and feel free to come in. But the we're in terms of the 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 land based uh, sites for uh, the for the turbines. The, the low hanging fruit has been picked, and places you know where there are turbines already are sort of the most inoffensive places. Yeah. But like the the whole push will be to um, to mm. see and to do these at sea. But can we can we can uh, we all talk out of the same mouthpiece? Yeah, but John, you know, isn't that? A, yeah, one of the things that they need to do. What's the? I can't remember the word though. Uh, a survey needs to be done in terms of the areas where the at sea where these are going. Yeah. Um, I, I just I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the name for there is a kind of a name for it, but uh, it's it's a survey to so that the minimum it'll have minimal impact in, on, in, yeah, in, yeah, on in, sea yeah. life. Yeah. And, and uh, how long is that going to take you? <coughs> Well, it hasn't started yet. Yeah, and, and when and did they sort of realise they'd have needed to do this? Well, the, <laughs> the one thing, I presume donkeys years ago when Correct. other countries did it. And, and, and what have uh, we done in the meantime? Well, we, plan, we, I, we I, talked I, about I, it. I will give you three letters. Yes. F-A. Yeah, <laughs> and tell me, Luke, I throw you the keys and say, here, you are the minister appointed and feel free to suggest what policy should be followed? Well, if you were a political person of the green persuasion and you've had a party in government for four years, nearly four years, I'd have to think you'd be a little bit disappointed with what uh, the speed or lack of same that they have been able to forward some of these policies. If you go back not so long ago, the announcement from the ESB that they were shutting money point raised a bit of controversy. Those of us that had uh, an ounce of uh, a brain in your head sort of said, why are you shutting down Money Point with no replacement? And then you come forward a few years, we have um, between COVID data centres and a war in Eastern Europe. And now all of a sudden we're, oh, we're not going to shut it down anymore. We're going to change it over to oil from coal. A transition period. A transition period. But whereas three or four years ago, they were going shutting the whole thing down. Mm. Now they start to realise because it is such a, it is such a potential generator of electricity. Like back, I think when Money Point launched, Jim, I'm open to correction. I think about thirty five percent of the energy for the country came from Money Point. It did mm. a huge figure, mm. and to just get rid of it like that. Mm. And you you look at what what. Uh, Timmy's conference and the, the LD, the Liberal Energy Forum, I suppose, would be the best way to d describe it. I, I can't wait to hear the recordings that were made from it because I think there might be a bit of sense spoken at it. And I hope that the general populace will begin to realise that, like everything else in this country, I said the lack of planning and the lack of accountability for people higher up, be it in government or in government appointed bodies, in relation to this, this is an own goal. Yeah. That we, you know, I said it has been. It was said years ago. You know, we're an island. What do we have off our off the coast? Water. Hmm. The Atlantic Shelf is perfect. More water than than, than we actually. Yeah, but like we're we're not landlocked. We've seven times uh, uh, seven yeah. times the size of the country in water we own. 
Yeah. yeah. We're not so landlocked. Uh, yeah. So what are you saying, Pat? Then what would you think? Which of the huge potential for there's huge potential for? But we, we can't seem to speak out of the one mouth. Mm. Well, we do. We we can't seem to do anything except talk about something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, several people pleaded. You know, the, the question was asked, kind of a final question: What would you like to see happen first? And do this planning out on the at the shelf yes. where these things are going. Yeah. Now they're not going down into the ground. Yeah. They'll be anchored to the sea floor, sea floor, but they'll be floating. Floating. Tied maybe with a number of anchors. But John, one of the, the points that were made in this is that, you know, the, the, the Shannon Estuary, County Clare in particular, but the other side as well, finds, um, is absolutely, you know, you couldn't have better conditions. Right. You have a deep sea uh, port, mm -hmm. second in Europe, a only port. to Rotterdam. And, and, you have, and, and, and you, have, you have a deep sea port in Money Point as yeah. well. You have. With one problem, and it's not either their fault, if you are bringing in turbines, unless you sort of physically start making the turbines on location, there is no port in, in the Republic. Mm. Yeah. There well, is up north that could bring them in. And that's yes. what they were talking about, yeah. is yeah. making them on site. Yeah, they're making them in, in, in money point, but in accordance to the, the contents. Yeah, well, of, well yeah. That, do you know what, Pat? That's the first thing that I've heard today that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. But you see, a lot of these people... It's funny, you know, there were several government ministers wandering around and taking right. part in this. And these would be ministers that have been in power for a number of years mm. and part of the governments that have done really nothing about it but they were like a lot of the people who were in there were people with a stake like the esb for example mm -hmm. like um i think board gash was, was gosh, there as yeah, well yeah, yeah. Uh, and various other microsoft were yeah. there amazon people who are into the idea of, of using power but they were saying that they can make these things on site and tow them out to the See. where they need to be mm -hmm. assembled they can also, when the electricity starts coming in, because it has to be stored, and the storage at the moment, I suppose, and that's a developing technology, is in the form of hydrogen. Yes. Um, and the facilities can be set up there. Yeah. And of course, the high tension cable are, are coming. Infrastructure. Infrastructure is there, is there yeah. already. Mm -hmm. So everything is there. Yeah. It could and should be a huge boon to the to Clare yeah, and yeah. to Limerick, North Kerry, that whole area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. when I say boon, I mean in terms of jobs, jobs in terms yeah. of wealth creation. Because all, these, all this work, John, all this work we'll say, we're talking about, it's all fairly labour intensive. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of, of jobs that come to all the experts at the, at the conference. That's but the, the jobs aren't so critical at all. I mean, we're, we're not in difficulty in relation to. Uh, unemployment or employment? Not currently. Not at the yeah, moment. Yeah, but you, you, you yeah. get treated like so, in West Clare, maybe. Well, yeah. well, it's very. So we're well, back well. again to page two, page four on the um, champion. Offshore wind is the only forward for Clare's green energy future. Do you agree with that or do you not? John, it's not only Clare, it's the whole country. I know, I know, I know, but we're, we're, we're very close to it down here. And so it's understandable. And we have, as we have the infrastructure Absolute, to... The physical. To, the physical yeah. infrastructure so to deal with it. I'm putting my hat on that heading. 
in I'm the champion. Offshore wind is the only forward for Claire's green energy future. Yeah. If you agree with that, this obvious consequence is that you start immediately, if you haven't already, you know, done so, uh, following on that, uh, on that particular heading yes. and trying to put it into place. Well, then, then, then true or false? Yeah, absolutely yeah. true. The, the, I don't know what you, I forget his name, the, the man that was, talk, was um, talking there in the last segment, Jim, uh, he was chairman he was and he was talking before, before he went to the, the, the panel and he said, yeah. Uh, he, was, he was an expert in, I don't know what company he was with, but he said, what we need to do is we have five or six different departments, and he said we need to get them all together into a room and decide on what to do. He said because one is, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the time these departments don't talk to each other, and uh, we, we, we need, we, and I think Lucas said it here, uh, and I think we have said it here on the programme before, that you need one, one group in, some, in the department to, to, to look after all this. Yeah. I, do, I do believe Edda Kenny was the Taoiseach back in 19, if memory serves, when we declared uh, a climate crisis. I think we were one of the first governments in Europe or the world to do so. And what have mm. we done in the meantime? Low hot air. Yeah. It's time yeah. to start generating some wind. But isn't it ridiculous yeah. that, you know, if, if government departments don't talk to each other, and it's inertia within the civil service was, and, yeah. and the government departments that yeah. a quango has held us to up. oversee other quangos, Jim. You know what could go wrong. Yes. Well, uh, I suppose the good thing was that the, 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 the head of, of the EC um, uh, Energy was there, the, the commissioner. The commissioner for, for, um, for green energy was at the, at the conference and she was yeah. there. She was in us and she, she travelled back to Money Pines and she was. She was home for three days, I think. Yeah. Cadbury Simpson. Yeah. Cadbury. 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 Chocolate. Yes. I think she's from Latvia or something. She is. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And Timmy was. Timmy was apologising for the bad weather. It was kind of rain and it was coldish. Of course, she said that's lovely. She said she's minus eighteen in my, in my country. Yes. <laughs> tell me, uh, Jim and Pat, and, and, um, tell me, tell me this. There's another heading on page four, which I need explained to me. Billions spent on Claire's energy future. No, I mean, that's dropping the, the word billions very lightly, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's the ESB who... Well, the ESB have uh, huge plans. They have huge plans for it. Uh, uh, yeah. And, I mean, the impression I got is the ESB were, like all the different stakeholders at it, were, were bursting to get ahead. Yeah. And to get stuck into it. And they have 300 acres. They have 300. They have How much profit was made? Is, well, is, is this not the same ESB that were set on closing money point a few years ago? It probably and is. What, but what, maybe they have had a road to Damascus conversion. Well, they certainly they had an epiphany anyway, that's, that's yeah. for sure. Because yeah, but that, you, 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 there's 300 acres of a site in, in money point. How much profit did, did ESB make? I don't know. Yeah. Two billion mm. is being released. I'm sure it's there somewhere on the paper. Okay, two billion has been released to the shareholders. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And who are the shareholders? Well, well, the government is some, but I don't think. I, in, I think in, in is, it, is it six hundred million? I think is that the share? No, is that the share that they actually dish out? 
John. But well, anyway, I'm not inter- I'm not interested in the addition out sort of uh, that type of stuff. It should be invested. You don't need to be giving it back. Invested yeah. and sort of try and be. Elite, try who and put be up the money, Luke? I mean, who put up the money for uh, the, the, the saving? Um, but two billionaires are they French? Um, I think I, I think they may be French, hmm. and um, and uh, a, a corporate in America. They are the recipients of the uh, main the main recipients of the two billion dividend from the ESP. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, all we can do is hope hmm. that in the short term that our own regulate regulators. Yeah. get stuck into this and start doing their stuff. And, and, and avoid, yeah. uh, avoid then, in the process, avoid the kind of necessity for headings, such as we're getting this week, yeah. and, just, uh, and declare echo. And hope they don't make a mess of it. Yeah, absolutely. And just on, on, this, on page four, there, you have it on, on the chat section, people, you know, people buying the paper um, have a read of it. And also, we, we, we'll be having a problem coming up, a couple of, few, couple of problems coming up to you, Monday. On the conference in, yes, in, we will. in Innes, which was in the in Glow. Hopefully which, starting next weekend. Which was recorded, uh, recorded last week. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's go on. Retailers reeling over Ennis town plans, and I'm looking at the front page, and we've discussed this before, but the headline, um, retailers reeling, it sounds like the, the 12 days of Christmas, uh, 12 retailers reeling. But... Uh, Apparently, business owners speak of shock at the scale of Abbey Street development and the the, the actual size of the the new development in Abbey Street is um, is what we're looking at. Um, the retailers reading of Linus Town Plans. Business owners speak of shock at scale of Abbey Street development. Yeah, I think we, we're we're discussing this every every week, um, <laughs> and uh, Do you know we, we 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 don't appear to have anybody anybody coming on the cha- on the papers um, in in favour of it. Only the Innes 2040 appear, and there's a bit of a, a dispute between the councillors and Innes, uh, between uh, half of them, father and half of them are against it. But uh, other than that, we don't hear of any, any, any business people coming out in favour of it. It's one of those things where, uh, no more like the data centre, I think they might have all been in favour when, when it was announced because they said, oh, we'll spend loads of money. Yeah. And then when it's coming down to the reality uh, and looking at how the money is going to be spent and what they're going to do with it, there are questions. But sure, listen, we, th- this, this started, you know, in relation to um, the, the houses down opposite Cusick Park. Yeah. Mm. You know, and it started drip, 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 drip. Again, it goes back to where there is no proper planning in relation to how things are being done and how money has been spent in this country. You know, you look at the children's hospital this week, and they admit all, another yeah. five hundred million onto the customers. So that's up to two billion. You know, mm. Look, yeah. tell me this: can we change the culture of our towns by consideration of house design, street design? I mean, there's a thinking behind it. Yeah, but as Pat has alluded to a number of times in the past. There's a thinking to it, and then there's actually doing stuff about it. And they're digging up O'Connell Street after having put down expensive works into it within yeah. the last number of years. And so, oh, oh, take that out. That wasn't a great idea. So, there, if you, yeah, if you spend once and spend wisely and do it properly, but you need to have a proper plan for it. 
Of course, of right? course. Like Ennis isn't a town that you can knock half of it and rebuild it. It's narrow by nature. And I don't know. Well, it is is there huge, no, I don't know if there are huge issues with the way that it's currently laid out from a physical road and path's mm. point of view. Yeah. You could always develop a few bits and pieces around it, but I don't think that sort of building uh, office space inside in the middle of it at the risk of taking car parking spaces away. And I know they all say we have to get out of our cars and do all the rest of it, but John, we live 20 odd miles away from Ennis. We need yeah. transport to get in. And car parking in Ennis is not something that is uh, freely available at this moment in time. And if you think about it, most people, if they're going someplace, they like to be able to park. This is Paddy's way of thinking. If Paddy could drive in the door of a shop, <laughs> he would. he'd drive in the front door of a shop, even if there was 100 car parking par park spaces, you know, 20 yards away. I, I keep coming back to the point. What is the thinking behind the design, which is causing so much weekly, you know, repetition, um, What's the thinking itself? And the listeners, the listeners are saying, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And what is the thinking behind it? Yes. No, we, we, we've never discussed that. Well, the 2040 people um, written that there are going to be 20,000 more people into Innes. Yeah. And <clears throat> they also, they also, their thinking is that they're going to have bus. They're going to have a town bus and that you win and you park somewhere on the Toro Road and you'll get on your bus. But what has that to do with the question? Yeah. Do you know? But it's the it's the getting rid of the car parking, you know, that's one part of the problem. And then come back you, you <coughs> pose the question, why do we want to get rid of the current car parking? Why do we want to get rid of a particular type of traffic in the town? Why do we want to change? What in fact is a 19th century town. Yeah. And is it, is it green ideology? It is. That, that mm. you know, does this, that we're planning for the future, a future without cars or with a lot, much fewer cars. So therefore, we're trying to impose that philosophy on the current residents of County Clare. Yes. Which, That's a fair point, Jim. Which, which isn't great. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think Pat's idea of putting this building in the post office field yeah, across yeah. the river and yeah. build a fine bridge yes. and you'd solve all problems. But um, I mean, the car is, a, is, in rural life, the car is an important, yeah. uh, very important component. Yes. And, and are the cars now going forward? They're going to be electric anyway, and they're not, they're not going to be. They're not, they won't no, be. They won't be spewing yeah. out. And uh, what will, what, I wonder what will the townscape look like? In the, the in the next generation, the townscape, John. I think uh, the outlook for retail in general is not good. No. Right, and uh, as yeah. a man says, still there are still people out there that like to physically go into a shop and pick up what they want. Now, sometimes the type of shop that are out there is going to change, and it could well be that a number of these places that will exist in the future are where you've bought stuff online and you yeah. might want to change it or exchange it. Yeah. And it's that type of shop that you'll be dealing with. You look at page two in The Champion, there are five uh, business people that have spoken on the record to The Champion. And it says, they have significant concerns about the loss of car parking in the area with all of them saying it is the key issue. Now, if you have the existing businesses that are there, 
all, well, I say, well, there are five here in particular, all coming to the same conclusion that sort of you and I sort of could think of. And we're not business people inside in town. We're not the ones that are dependent on, you know, car fall, footfall, people being close to those premises and going to them. It'll be a bit like, what'll the solution be? If you want to look at the example of how not to do it, is when you had Limerick City and Limerick County Council, and you have the Crescent Shopping Centre, which is a fine location, out of town. Mm. But tell me what's in the centre of Limerick. Yeah. So they and should be developing it I was in around Limerick. what's there. I was in Limerick um, yesterday evening for a, a funeral up in Thompson's, up in Thomas Street. Yes. And, and, and it was crazy because you couldn't get a place, you couldn't get a place to park. They had, they, had, they had the whole place, all footpaths and, and, bar, and these steel bottles all around them where you can't even pull in. And we, we parked up around the, around by the railway station to walk back down. And there was people looking for parking all over the place and then there was uh, traffic, uh, you know, there was um, business traffic and people going home from work and all yeah. that. Yeah. But I, I thought it was, it, was, yeah. uh, it, was, it was crazy the way it was anyway. Okay, listen, we'll have to break. It's well past half time. Um, interesting discussion there. Pat, have you uh, a piece of music for us to uh, relax for a little while before we go on to mostly East Clare matters in part two? Uh, the American drifters are coming to Ireland for a, 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 for a, a series of concerts. How many of them are still alive? <laughs> and, uh, kissing in the backseat at the movies on a Saturday night. And I suppose um, we, we have a movies. Um, we have a movies team to the, the local uh, East Clare Musical Society this year, so yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Okay, indeed, it brings me back to the Astor. Yeah, maybe. Back in the day. Maybe and it should uh, be kissing at, uh, in the back seat of the Astor on Saturday. <laughs> yes, and it's for sale. What did you, what did you say? <coughs> <laughs> uh, kissing in the back seat of the Astor on a Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I thought you said? <laughs> Kissing their backs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yes. that's great, Pat. Thank you very much. Your mama says that through the week you can't go out with me. But when the weekend comes around, she knows where we will be. Uh, you're very welcome back. You're listening to uh, Local Media This Week on Scarif Bay Community Radio, sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. And that's, uh, that brought you back, Pat. Kissing in the back row yeah. of the movies on a Saturday night with the drifters. They're coming to Ireland soon, you mentioned. Yeah, they're coming. They have, a, they have concerts coming in. in, in they're coming to Ireland. They can mail or something. Yeah. Yeah. I see their advertising. Yeah, so. Lovely. Okay. I, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what kind of connection Pat had with... Uh, the aster over and above the back seat. Well, I, I think wait, that's a debate wait. for another show, John, <laughs> and, and we're already short of time. <laughs> so can, I, can I just point some, one quick thing out um, that we didn't get to in part one, like normal? Uh, there's an enhanced grant scheme for de defective concrete block walking clinics. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, the, the actual application form is part of the reason why I think there has been no money allocated to Clare as of yet. But there's on page 10 of the Champion, page 27 on the Echo, Echo there's yeah. an ad there by the County Council and the walking uh, clinic that is of relevance to our area in the KMD, the, uh, there is a meeting on the 27th of February at 
between 9.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. And 1 o'clock, yeah. In the Scarif area office. So that's beside the library, which yeah. will be shortly renamed the Edna O'Brien Library in Scarif. So the 27th of February. It's important that anyone would be affected by pirates would attend those, um, would attend that, 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 that uh, walk-in clinic because they'll get all the information there from the, the officers of, the, of Clare County Council will be there, you know? Yeah. And while we're talking about that, there is a piece in the Clare Echo on green energy. Uh, the um, pass you have it on page. It's page what there? Yeah, tips from the green energy team. Um, it, it's actually from the green party there. But can your local group benefit from a community climate action fund? Page twenty. Page uh, twenty. Many community groups have great ideas on how they could uh, take climate action. They, uh, it could be anything from community composters to many farmers, from solar panels to refitting community buildings, from cycle from cycle passing to community repair hubs. There's no shortage of ideas, but shortage of funds is ever present challenge. The problem could be solved with, with up to 100% funding under the Community Climate Action Programme. Clare County Council has been allocated 572,000 to support such projects and applications are open until the 28th of February. Projects can be small scale, less than 20,000, medium scale, 20 to 50, and large scale, 50 to 100. The actions could be across one or more of the following teams, community and energy, travel, shopping, recycling, food and waste, local climate and environment. And uh, there's more details there on the, on the green page of, of the ECHO. And the um, application process is relatively straightforward and your Green Party representative in Clare can help. I'll tell you email communityclimate.clarecorpo.ie. Okay. I, so I, so I, just, I, I think, Pat, we should clarify, it, it's not necessarily the green page in the Echo, it's, that's like an ad, green, I would say, it, it, from the Green, green Party, Party yeah. in yeah. relation to it. Yeah. But there are certain information yeah, a, there that would be useful. It is a benefit, it is a, a, a fund that, that could benefit the communities around the, the county. Mm. Okay, we'll go on. John. Yeah. Uh, a new secondary school suggested for East Clare. It was inevitable. Yes. Uh, you know, whether it happens or not, that's another question. But uh, Six Mile Bridge, uh, 40 years ago, was identified as an ideal location for a community, a community school. Instead, it went to Shannon, Cayman, and it went to the new college in Scarf. Okay. So we're talking about a service provided when the population demands it. And it looks as if the population in Six Mile Bridge is got so uh, large that they're now thinking of a secondary school yeah. of some sort. I think it's Deputy Cahill Crow that is pushing it, isn't it? Pushing this or brought it brought it up at least. Does anybody have any idea what uh, the population expansion has been in the Six Mile Bridge area? Any sense of it at all so that our listeners can... According to this here, there is no catchment school in, in South East Clare where there is a, a population of approximately 15,000 people. Yeah. So you're talking maybe all that area down there, Cracklow, see how the Cracklow and Leelick and and six my bridge without him going to a secondary school in Limerick. Yes. Yeah. I think our scholars were playing in the the Hartley Cup. Cup final and there was ten clear people ten clear players over the fifteen and the first fifteen. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you, you, you've, you want to hear it only at Clonera and you have to eat Milik, Kretlo, all the hair you I think there is something between five and 7,000 people in Six Mile Oh, yeah, it is. Got you. I mean, it was a village many, many years ago. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, it's a town now. It is a town It's a town. So it's interesting. And mm. also, there is moves to uh, provide a new secondary school. In northwest the barn? Yes, Isn't that's that right? right. In in uh, yes. yeah, well, they, they have a secondary school there already, but they they they, they, they want a new a new building. And uh, yeah, the, there's this, in addition the school has also the school has been offered a site a ten acre site on the outskirts of Lisbon there to build a new school, and it's it's very close to the the sports facilities that is there already. And uh, and is it offered freely? Free yeah, well, according to the article here from Andrew Hamilton, it's, good, is, yeah. uh, it's yeah. been offered free. Yeah. If it's like a children's hospital, they won't avail of it. Mm. They'll no. build it in the most inappropriate place possible in about 20 <laughs> years. Okay, we mentioned, we mentioned Cahill Crow there, <clears throat> Pat. Uh, there's a little discord among um, the, the Fianna Fáil fraternity in the county. I comments by uh, Mr Enright. Um, don't seem to have gone down terribly well. Yeah, well, I, I can't, there's a, uh, is a full page here on it. Uh, soothing words, heightened tensions within Fianna Fáil in Clare. That's page? It's page six of, page the, six of the Echo. Of the Echo. Yeah. Uh, an emergency meeting of the Fianna Fáil members took place late on Wednesday night when one item on the agenda was to discuss the comments made by, party, uh, by, by, by the party's Clare chairman. Chairman of Fianna Fáil, Clare Council, in Clare, Michael and I took a swipe at, party, at the party's only TD in the county, Cahal Coe, following it follows the omission of the TD from, from the guest list to the energy forum that was that amongst all party members in the county received invites. And I suppose, uh, I think Michael and I said that he wanted, he wanted to get a soldier or something because he complained about not being invited. But what? He, 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 he said he wanted to get a soldier. So uh, I don't know. I don't think it's appropriate for the chairman to say that. I don't know really. Yeah. No, the chairman should be neutral in, in any. Neutral, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they, we we will have that energy forum on on the radio over the next few yeah. weeks. And and people very briefly, Jim, on Wednesday, the twenty first of February, there's an energy citizens roadshow in Clare. Uh, Wednesday, the twenty first, at the West County Hotel between six thirty and eight thirty p.m. So people can go along to that as well if they're interested in energy and upgrades and climate action efforts and micro-generation and community ownership, okay. apparently according to the ad there on page 5 of the Echo. Well, the whole thing is moving and hopefully will become unstoppable. Yeah, and it's, uh, of course, that's, that's part of the Clare County Council to launch Pivotal Climate Action Plan at Airgrade Roadshow on Wednesday evening, mm. so Clare County Council will be launching there. page 10 of the champion. Yeah, it'll be launching there. Right. On to East Clare, Jim. East Clare, seed savers in the Auris on page 13 of the Clare Champion. Uh, look, the seed savers uh, visited the Auris. I think uh, the president, president who has been to seed savers before and would know them very well, uh, he was looking for a type of crab tree, I gather. I don't think, I'm not sure if it's in the article. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah well, he, he was down uh, opening the seed bank in Scarif in 2012 and uh, he came along for the official inauguration of that building and he passed apparently uh, their marquee in bloom and saw a tree which is also an Irish heritage apple tree and I think it's going to be planted in, in memory of Brud, one of the dogs that the president had that uh, died 
Yes. Uh, in the Aurus, who was a, I suppose he had two big family pets there, and he's a brother and Mishnuk, and uh, they, they've been replaced. But uh, Broad, I think, was a, a man that uh, achieved worldwide um, uh, fame when he was uh, spotted uh, going up to the president uh, to get a pat on the head at a very important event. I can't remember, was it a royal visit or something yes, like that? Yes, something like that, but, uh, like that. yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, it, it's the Lock Key Crab Tree. That is uh, what uh, the people from Seed Savers uh, were up there with. And a lovely picture there with uh, Gillian Lashmore, Elaine Bradley, Marie Collins, and then English there outside the, the I'd say the front door of the Oris. So fair play to Yes, so yeah. they were they were they were well treated, I gather, anyway. And yeah, they had a garden party uh, yeah, in July. They were very impressed with with uh, the president and his wife. <coughs> okay. No, I'm just wondering. Um, when is the presidential election? I believe it's late 2025, John. So about a year and a half from yeah. now, we'll be in the throes of it. Mm. Okay. A centenarian. Um, Maybe you'd send John. <laughs> Bridget McMahon is a centenarian uh, on page 13. Uh, originally from Flagmount, and uh, speaking of President Michael D. Higgins, she receives her letter and her cheque uh, in the post from uh, the president, which is, I'm not sure how much it is. It used to be a fiver once. It, it's now, inflation has struck, uh, Jim, because yeah. it's now 2,540 euros. Yes. It's yes. worth so, living for it. Yes. Yes. And of course, you know, there are far more people living to 100 and beyond now than there were, you know, 50 years ago. So it's, uh, but it's, it's great to see, and she looks in good form. I think she's in a... Is she in a nursing home in... She's in the Little Flower Nursing Home, Le Bain. Le Bain, yeah. Mm. Um, but um, she certainly looks very well. And uh, celebrating her 100th birthday and fair play to her. Mm. Now... Bypass restrictions causing concern for residents in Killaloo and Belenay, which I suppose that's to do with the, with the, with the, um, the new bypass and, and, and river crossing. Um, Tony O'Brien has been asking the Clare County Council and the project manager, John Lee, John Lee out to look at some of the traffic restrictions. Is there no certain Mr. Lee has requested consultants to examine the number of issues raised by Councillor O'Brien? The Finnefran Councillor has received numerous concerns and complaints about the width <coughs> of the junctions and roads on the Hill Road and Creef Road. So I suppose I think a lot of it has to do with um, the, the bypass at the Shannon, but uh, I see there on the, um, the Kildu notes where. Um, they were thanking the, the managers of the, the construction of the bridge for um, their uh, monthly uh, updates on, on, on work on, on in Killaloo. So. Yeah, yeah in, in, fair, in fairness, it's one of the better projects uh, that I have seen. And there are update, regular, there's an update every month on Clare County Council's website and Tipperary County Council's Not website into it. And they, will do an, they do an overfly in the drone and start to give you a, a brief overview of how things are going on. And I was down in Killaloo on Friday and I suppose for, for us, you know, going down through Bally Valley, it is noticeable now that the work that is going on, we'll say on the left, you can see where the, the base for, I'd say, the footpath is going to sort of veer over to the left and you can see the outline of what will be the roundabout that is going to appear. That's starting to appear now. So it's good to see work progressing with it. Mm. And the road that's bypassing Killaloo at the, the Limerick side of Killaloo seems to be in place. 
you know, the, the yeah, concrete we, or the... Yeah, the, the base that was in the, the roundabouts and, and, and stuff are the there, all right. But and uh, the bridge seems to be largely in place as well. Well, a certain amount of it is there, but we said the existing bridge, if you're travelling over, you'd want to be careful because there's a big pothole in the middle of it that I know a few of our uh, people have uh, been on the receiving end of uh, a puncture as a result of. But uh, anyway, Jim, yeah, okay. m- moving on. By the way, on that very question, Luke, Whose responsibility is it if there is in the middle of, a, as there is in the bridge in, in Clulu at the moment, the, uh, a foot of a diameter and about uh, probably about six inches deep? Well, it, yeah, it, well, it would be, uh, if I look at it, uh, it's on the Clare side. <laughs> yes. So it's Clare County Council, but I believe that you would have to close the bridge to fix it. So maybe that's what they are, uh, you know, it's something that should be done in the early hours of the morning. Mm. Has anybody seen it? I see, I've have, seen it. Yeah, I have. Yeah. One of our presenters has hit it and received a puncture. Really? Yes. Oh. So anyway, we'll go on. The um, Fetal Treatment Centre aims to build log heavens for students amid housing shortage. So the provision of accommodation for international <coughs> protection applicants and Ukrainian refugees has resulted in the shortage of <coughs> students and people looking for temporary places to stay, Clare County Council has been told. And so the local planning authority in, a, in an application, uh, Fergus Marinan outlined the uh, Sat, Satima, uh, it's, quite, it's a treatment and training centre, relocated from Kilu in 2020, and moved to Maharaban Fecal. So they're, um, they're building log cabins, I presume as an interim measure, uh, towards you know, providing accommodation. Two, two cabins intended to accommodate up to eight students, four, four in each. Yes. The training centre operates with eight students at weekends, twice a month for eight months of the year. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, it's, a good, it's a good initiative. And, um, what, what, what's that actually happening in the uh, centre? I'm not sure, John, what they actually do. It says a treatment centre, no treatment for what? I, I haven't read the full article. Mm. But um, anyway, they, they, our listeners can read it on page 13 in the Care Champion. Uh, Dean delivers pilgrimage talk, and indeed we were there for that. I never knew existed, but a holy well, St. Flannan's Well, uh, in the centre of Killaloo, in, behind the bank, on private grounds, but a lovely well, and a shield and a gig beside it. And apparently um, that has existed for a long time and it was a place of rest for, you know, when you'd arrive in Killaloo before you went to the cathedral, you sat and you rested and you'd had a drink. And uh, the, the shield and the gig is there. It's, it's, I think it maybe was in the cathedral and it was brought across the shield and the gig, uh, which maybe have been controversial in the past. But uh, there was a lovely talk by the Dean and um, Arlene White gave a talk as well, and there was another talk by a, la- a lady from Croatia talking about shield and the gigs, which are common not just here in the west of Ireland, but um, right across Europe as well. Yeah, Jasmine Susik, and she has a very deep interest in them. She I, does, yeah. she does indeed. So we, we broadcast that actually last weekend. Yeah, and she's mentioned there as well, Jim, about it. Yeah, it yeah. been, been uh, scattered there at Community Radio. Yes. I called the talks, which will be available on podcast. And so it will. Okay, I suppose that's mostly on the Clare page. Just, I suppose, one or two other things. Mission Vale gets uh, uh, mentioned there in the, on page 16 of the Clare Echo. 
And, you know, we remember um, many people from this side of the county went to Mission Vale in South Africa. Um, but this is the first time there's been a pilgrimage or a visit there uh, since... Um, Sister Edna Normal's death. Yes, Edna Normal's death. So um, it's good that that's continuing. There's a group of students going over to Jim, um, including Scout Community College and Flannan's uh, Spanish Point, um, St. John Bosco College in Kildaisot, and the Clarsta Eden Salt Hill and Skull Kiron in Cavarua in Galvin. So there's a, a group of students going as well. Okay, so good that that's going on. The GA yeah. are looking for referees, Pat. Yeah, there was a county board meeting uh, there last week, and um, Shawnee McMahon, who was uh, probably said, was, was is the, the is the referees um, officer and clear. So he was he's organising uh, referees courses, and I think the first one is on next Monday night in the Temple Gate Hotel, and you can do a, a four nights course uh, on on we say I suppose that's. Um, Stepping off for a referee. And I suppose, Pat, without a referee, there's no game. Yeah, and I think we were about 41 in the county. And, and, and since he came in, I think he has uh, contributed a good bit. They, they have uh, has increased a good bit, but he said yes. you always, always need referees. Okay. Um, um, on, on looking as well on page two of the Clare Echo, uh, we get a mention ourselves. Um, Fecal sessions celebrated in new SBCR documentary. And... Uh, Look, the, that has been uh, that has been a very interesting development. Um, <laughs> well, um, for anyone for anyone that was listening to the program before us today, you, hopefully you you will have heard uh, what we call the short version, uh, with two, about two or three T's at the end of it. But the long form version of it, and what we would advise people to listen to, because of the nature of what it is, it's not a story that you could tell. Uh, to, to give it enough detail in an hour. So there, there is a three-part podcast that uh, the first two parts of it are going to be available, we'll say, Monday morning, with the third one being available on uh, Thursday evening. And it was sort of quite nice. We, we were up there on Thursday, we'll say, for the launch of it. And uh, Ger Short, uh, I, I think to say that the man is uh, a master... Uh, I what we do he he remind me of uh, the Brennan brothers with how he goes around and meets everybody and has sort of nice words to say to everyone and everyone. He was just a, a lovely host, and I think he's. I hope hope we've done it justice, and because Gerald was op opening the pub early today at half twelve for some of the locals that would want to come and listen to it, and we, we uh, agreed that we would have the third part of it available for half eight on Thursday, that if anybody comes prior to the session start next Thursday night, that Jerry will have it playing in the bar. So we must be doing something right, Jim. Yes, well, it was certainly, it's, it's a brilliant, it's, it, you know, as we were saying on Thursday night, it's more than music. Uh, it's where people meet, it's where generations meet. Yeah, or, uh, or, or if anybody's sort of of the opinion that they're going to be listening to an hour of music, you are very much mistaken. You are going mm -hmm. to be listening to a story being told, told and yeah. mm -hmm. we're only tipping at the surface of it. So if you haven't uh, heard this today at one o'clock, just before this programme, then tune in tomorrow uh, to the pot to Scarlet Bay Community Radio podcast 
and you will be able to hear the first Your app hours. of choice, Jim. We're available worldwide. Just type in Scarf Bay Radio and whatever podcast app you use and you'll find us. It will come up. Okay. Now, I think we, we're, we're out of time. We're on... Uh, we're, we're sure. Injury time. And we want a bit of music to finish. Uh, first of all, uh, thanks to everybody for coming. Thank you, John S. You're welcome, Jim. And Pat. Thanks, Jim. And Luke. Thanks, Jim. And... Uh, what uh, bit of music have we today, Pat? Yeah, to finish. Bert Bacharach, he, he died this time last year, so we'll have... Uh, he composed um, uh, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head by B.J. Thomas. He yes. must have been in Ireland when he wrote that one. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> yeah. I always thought B.J. Thomas was the nicest version of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, remember listening to it from Radio Luxembourg back in the day, in the 60s. So Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head by B.J. Thomas. Thank you very much to everybody for listening today. Hope you enjoyed the programme. We'll be back uh, next Sunday, please God, at 2 o'clock. So until then, from us, goodbye and God bless. Raindrops are falling on my head And just like the guy's feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit those Raindrops are falling on my head and they keep falling 